we felt this morning about this whole thing of new beginnings, and uh, obviously it, it kind of fits in with with Easter and you know what our, is going on across the whole planet. In fact, it's a weird thought, isn't it, to think that across all the time zones around the world there are people this morning that are getting up and celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive. Isn't that cool? So we're, we're playing our bit. We're, you know, us in this place. But that's going on all over the country and all over the planet. I just think that's a really great thought. Um, and uh, if you know Jesus in this room, you've probably had a new beginning. Can you think of a time in your life where you realised that actually you had a new start, that God wiped away the past? He dealt with our past, didn't he? And he brought us into a new future. That um, image that Ruth was um, sharing with us earlier on about the caterpillar, there's an old dying off and there's a new beginning. And it's really powerful. And we we don't just celebrate today because it's today. Um, we, We live in a state of a new beginning, don't we? We, are, we have to own the story, I guess, is what I'm saying. And um, there's, um, there's different people in the Bible I relate to. Um, do, you, do you ever do that? Do you read the Bible and go, oh, I'm, I'm relating to that character? Or, you know, whether it's King David who's taking down giants or, you know, um, any of the other guys in the New Testament are doing different things. I relate to Peter. One of the reasons I relate to him is because his name is similar to my name. <laughs> and... Um, and so God has used Peter to, um, to kind of uh, show me things about myself. And, uh, and so I relate to him in a way. Peter was one of these guys who was all in. He is absolutely passionate for Jesus. And so much so that he would declare how much he loves Jesus. And he wouldn't care who knew it. And then in the next breath, he'd say something really silly <laughs> without thinking. And, uh, and he'd, he'd end up tripping over his words. And it's not because his heart was wrong, but it was because he wasn't really necessarily aware of what he was saying in his enthusiasm. And, uh, you know, I can be a little bit like that at points. And, uh, and one of the things that's amazing about Peter is that Jesus redeems him over and over with the different situations that he finds himself in. There's a moment where Jesus realizes, where Peter realizes that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's the Messiah. And Jesus says, well done, actually heaven has revealed that to you. And he says, it's faith like that, that means we can build the whole church on that faith. And so he has that amazing moment. And then in the next breath, Jesus is explaining that actually at some point he's going to die. And Peter's saying, no, that's never going to happen to you. And then Jesus actually has to rebuke him really strongly and say, actually, you don't know what you're speaking about. And you know, that must have really hurt Peter, who thought that he was doing the right thing and giving the right answer. You know, it's, it's like at school when, when you want to give the answer to the question and you stick your hand up and then you have that sinking feeling that actually you're not really sure what the answer is, but your hand's in the air and you've been chosen and you've, you've got to get... Did you ever, have you ever do that at school? Yeah, I used to do that. And it's really embarrassing. You just suddenly find there's... 
my hands in the air and I don't know why. And because, you know, I'd be sat somewhere near the front in the eye line of the teacher, so you'd always get picked. And um, Peter's a bit like that. So, um, and then, um, and there's, the, there's this time where they're gathered for the Last Supper. They're gathered for this meal. It's come to the end of Jesus' life on earth. And they've got this meal going on. And, um, and uh, Peter is watching what Jesus is doing. And Jesus actually wants to model something of what it is to be a servant. He wants to get us to love each other really, really well. And so he takes off his coat and whatever he was wearing and he starts to wash the disciples' feet, which is not something that we typically do in this country, but in that country when they didn't really wear shoes and their feet were really, really stinky, actually the most loving, servant-hearted thing you could do would be to get down and wash the feet of the people that had come. And this would be a servant's job. This would be you know, the, the kind of a slave's job, really to wash feet. And so Jesus, who actually is the most honoured guest in the room, comes and he washes the feet of the disciples. Now, Peter doesn't get what's going on. And so he says, Jesus, you're not washing my feet. You are too special, too important to touch these feet. My feet are too stinky to let your hands come near them. And so Jesus says to Peter, actually, Peter, if you don't let me wash your feet, you won't belong to me. And Peter realises that actually what Jesus is saying is that Jesus is not only going to wash the the dirt off his feet, actually it's a metaphor for the fact that actually Jesus is going to wash us totally clean. And so Peter realises this and he says, well Jesus, you can wash my feet, you can wash my hands, you better wash my head as well because the whole thing needs a clean. And then Jesus starts explaining that he, so that's a good moment, isn't it? It's like Peter's got it. He's like, yes, he's, he's kind of, him and Jesus are back on the same page. And then um, Jesus starts explaining that actually his time's come and, and he's, he's going to die and he's going to be taken away from them. So then Peter then says, starts saying, I'm going to come with you. I'm ready to die too. Now Jesus knows what's going to come next. And so Jesus has to say to him, actually, Peter, you know what? Before this night is finished and before the cockerel crows, you're going to say, actually, that you never knew me. You're going to deny me. And not just once, but you're going to do it three times. And obviously Peter must have been pretty devastated with that remark because then the story moves on and they've, they've left the dinner table, they're out in the garden and the soldiers are coming. And Peter obviously has got it into his head that he's not going to deny Jesus at this point. So he leaps forward, grabs a sword, and chops an ear off a guy who's not even armed, who's just literally there serving the soldiers. And Peter's in a bit of a panic, obviously, in, in, you know, in grabbing this sword and chopping someone's ear off. And Jesus, again, has to get up and sort the problem out and stick the guy's ear back on, which is an awesome miracle, isn't it? <laughs> Who would have wanted to have seen that? Jesus just sticks an ear back on someone's head. Um, so that's, that's amazing. But again, Peter's, you know, you can just see he's kind of like this guy who's caught in a bit of a panic and a bit of a muddle. And then basically they disperse and Jesus obviously is taken away. And then we know, don't we, that Jesus um, is, uh, sorry, that then Peter um, is questioned. He's standing there trying to keep warm by a fire and he's questioned. And they say, actually, um, someone says, weren't you a friend of Jesus? And in a moment he says, no, no, I, I don't know him. I, I never met him. And then someone says, no, are you sure? I'm sure I've seen you with Jesus. And he says, no, not me. And then he does it again, does it a third time. 
And I wonder how, Jesus, how Peter would have felt when that cockerel crowed. Because that cockerel crowing would have been a reminder, actually, of that prophetic word that Jesus gave to Peter. And that must have been horrendous. Who's ever made a mistake? Who's ever messed up? Who's ever let somebody down? Has that ever been your last interaction with that person? You know, I worked with a guy once who had an argument with his wife. And then his wife got in her car and was then killed in a car crash. And so the last conversation that he had with his wife, which was not reflective at all of the years of happy marriage they'd had, but actually in the heat of a moment, they had an argument and then weren't able to speak again. And, you know, it took that guy a really, really long time to come to a place of knowing that that conversation did not define his life or his marriage. And he had to get to a stage of being able to see that actually the whole of his marriage was really, really good. You know, for Peter, he was in this situation where he let his saviour down. And he thought, in the, you know, because obviously they didn't know the end of the story. They didn't know today was going to happen. Um, it must have been awful, mustn't it? But then we wind the clock forward because Peter then gets restored with Jesus. Do you remember? There's this moment. Peter's now heard that Jesus, a couple of people have seen him, but Jesus hasn't seen him. And they're out in the boat. Peter's got disillusioned and he said, that's it, I'm going fishing. Sometimes when we are in need of a new beginning, the things that we used to do, our old ways, have to stop. Because the old ways of doing things don't work anymore. Peter went fishing, fished all night and caught nothing. Because the old ways weren't going to work anymore. And Jesus came and said to them, before he knew it was Jesus, Jesus said to him, hey, why don't you go fish the other side? And so they fished the other side and they pulled out. How many fish did they pull out? 153 fish they pulled out. You've done none all night. Suddenly they're pulling out. That's a lot of fish, isn't it? Sometimes when we're in need of a new beginning, we have to have a vision of something. We have to imagine something, don't we? If you ever wanted to get fit and go on a really long run, like Mr. Gollidge did this morning, (laughs) um, you, you have to imagine yourself doing it. Don't you? It's where it has to start. And to, to have new beginnings, you have to imagine it. And so what Jesus is doing with Peter, which is so beautiful, is even before Jesus has realised it's him, Jesus is actually already restoring him and he's showing him what his future is about and he's leading him into a new way of doing something. Isn't that incredible? And then he gets with Jesus and he gets restored with Jesus and they have that whole thing about actually Jesus, Jesus says to him, do you love me? And Peter says, of course I love you. And he says, well, we feed my sheep. And again, he's calling him into his future. And he does it three times. And I guess he's doing that because he's breaking the whole disowning him three times thing. Um, But there's something about a new beginning which calls us into our destiny. Um, What I've put here is that a new beginning needs a now word. I love the fact that we just had some prophetic ministry going on. And um, the prophetic is so important because it gives us now words. 
what Jesus was doing with Peter was giving him a now word. And um, Finn, where are you? Hey, buddy, I just want to encourage you because that scripture that you read out from Isaiah, God gave me exactly the same one this morning. Yeah, yeah, exactly the same one from Isaiah 43. You see, because what, what Isaiah was doing and what Jesus is doing was calling people to the new beginning. So the translation I've got, it says, but forget all that. See, when Isaiah was talking about it, he was talking about what God had done with the Egyptians and getting them across the Red Sea and um, taking them through the desert and all of that stuff. And then Isaiah saying, but forget all of that because now I'm doing a new thing. And Jesus was doing the same thing with Peter in the boat. He was saying, you know what? Forget the fact that you disowned me. We're, we're done. That We're restored. Now I'm doing a new thing. Will you feed my sheep? And there's a new beginning that was going on. Um, forget all of that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I'm about to do, an, um, I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. And I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. And then lastly, new beginnings need a fresh approach. You see, what happened to Peter next was Pentecost. There was an empowering that came upon Peter. And you see him taken from being somebody who fumbled over his words, who made mistakes, who, uh, you know, um, got things around the wrong way, to somebody who had total clarity. And somebody who is able to preach the gospel and see 3,000 added in a day. Because there was a new approach. He had heaven's power coming upon him to empower him in a completely new way. And we want to release this over us this morning. That's why Joe's feeling what she's feeling. Um, we, we want to release this. Because some of you guys need a new beginning. You might be feeling like there's something that's just stuck in life. It might be health stuff, it might be relationship stuff, it could be financial stuff, it could be, I don't know what it is, it could be whatever it is for you. What is it for you? What is the, what is the thing where you go, I, I, need, I need this to shift? Maybe it's, maybe it's you, maybe you just feel like, you know what, I've got some bad habits, there's some sin stuff that's just getting in the way, maybe I'm just getting a bit too satisfied with Netflix and not satisfied enough in Jesus, whatever it is, I don't know, but I just feel that there are new beginnings for us to step into. And also for us as a church, you know, we are in this building <laughs> because there is a new beginning that God is bringing to this city. He is moving us geographically to prepare for a new beginning. Do you believe that? This whole area here, we get to declare a new beginning over this whole side of Chelmsford. Isn't that exciting? You know, there was a guy that me and Roy spoke to in the week who doesn't come to church, but he came to our carol service. And he really liked it. And we're going to change the perception of who God is, just in really simple ways. Not by being fancy and clever, just by loving people, just by feeding sheep, just by being who God's called us to be. Can you stand? <laughs> Joe, do you want to come and join me? Because it felt like God was on you for this. I would love us just to join hands. Is that Okay.
Lord Jesus, we just love the fact that you are alive. <laughs> we love the fact that you conquered sin and death. We love the fact that each of us standing here and with the people that we're holding hands with, that is the reality that we now live in. That we have been freed from sin and death. And you have brought us into the most amazing, intimate relationship with you that we are now known by the, the, the maker of the universe now knows us by name. The King of kings and the Lord of lords knows me. That I'm on his mind. Every single person in this room, we are known by him and loved by him with an everlasting love. And Jesus, we thank you that you have called us to live in a brand new day. So Lord, we just want to shrug off anything now that would cause us to live in a tomb. Anything that's going to keep us in that cocoon like that caterpillar. We are just wanting to shrug it off and we want to be like Lazarus who was called out into newness of life. Jesus, we want to thank you that you have got new beginnings for every person in this room. Thank you this is not limited. Thank you that you build on what you've done in the past and you're taking us forwards. Father, thank you for this amazing church family. Father, thank you for the joy, the love, the relationships, the provision, the faith, the gifts, the vision that we have as a group of people. But Lord, thank you that you are now coming and you are pouring your water of life on this and you're making this grow. You're bringing us to newness of life. I want to thank you that we are changing. I want to thank you that in a year's time we will look back and we'll think, wow, you did all that in a year. I want to release this over us. The year of your favour. The words that the kids will bring in over us. Increased joy and fun. <laughs> Increased peace and health. And resources. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like this waves of God's love just coming over. That's what I'm feeling. I'm just feeling the waves of God's love coming from this side, just coming right the way over this side of the building. I feel like God's just putting keys in people's hands to unlock doors and, and situations. And I feel like... Um, as he's um, giving you those keys, he's giving you his waves of love because this is about love, this is about walking into sunshine, this is about joy and all those things that the children have described so well. So God, I just pray, grow us. Allow us to, to take your hand and allow us to, to be moved from one place to another place. And uh, what an adventure starts here.
Amen.